Welcome to Kylie Mentors Moms, a podcast where you can feel empowered in your role as a business owner and a mother. I'm your host, Kylie Ann, a mom of three and wearer of all of the hats. Let's get started. All right, guys, I'm super excited today. We have a special guest and I left you kind of on a cliffhanger last week on um, how building a funnel and having an email list is one of the most important things you can do for your business. And I told you we were bringing a guest in this week and she's here. So I'm going to introduce her and then we're going to get started on all the email list stuff. So her name is Kendra. She is very similar to me, it seems like. She's a mom of two, a photographer and and an educator. Um, She helps women get out of survival mode in their business and go to success mode. Um, And she talks a lot about relationship marketing strategies that have helped her um, with her business success. So like I said, very similar to kind of the things that we talk about here. So I'm glad that she found us um, because I feel like you're just going to dive with our audience really well and they're going to love everything you have to say. So before we begin, tell us a little bit about you, your business, what that looks like, kind of your journey, all of that. Yeah. Thank you. First of all, for having me on the show. I appreciate it. I'm so excited to get into this topic. So um, my story kind of in the most cliff notes version I can give is I started off as an um, elementary school teacher. So that was kind of always my my path in life. I really didn't ever have any other vision of my career other than teaching. Um, I went into teaching. I taught second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fell in love with teaching math, which never dreamed that would be my passion in life. <laughs> and um, eventually I kind of got this nagging feeling of like, oh, this is, this doesn't feel like it, you know? Um, and so I kept thinking, well, I'll just, I'll try something else in the education realm. I got my master's degree in curriculum and instruction, went on to do curriculum design for a uh, small district here where I live. And by all accounts, I had kind of this dream job in education. And it was at a school that I loved. It was with um, people that I loved working with, doing something that I really enjoyed. But I still had that feeling of like, this isn't it. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the process of all of this, I'd had my first daughter. I had started my photography business kind of as just a side hustle, fun hobby things to do on the weekends and summers off taking pictures of my daughter was kind of what got that started and it was starting to build momentum and it was starting to evolve into this thing that was an actual business and i once i found out i was pregnant with my second daughter i was like you know maybe this is the thing maybe it's not the education piece that i thought i was supposed to go the path i was supposed to go down so i was determined i said by the time we have our second daughter. I really want to make this a full-time thing. So she was born in 2016, 2017. I left my teaching career behind to run my oh. photography business full-time. Um, best decision ever. It was so difficult to make though, because I, I mean, I, for the first year after I left, I cried thinking about like how much I actually missed, you know, my job, but I loved being home with my kids and stuff and having this business that I was building. So through all of that, I had built this community of photographers. They saw that I had left my job. They started asking questions. Well, how did you do it? Like, we, I want to do that. Like, what did you do to get your business to that point? And I realized that as much as I loved the creative side of photography, that wasn't what helped me build my business. It was understanding my audience, understanding marketing, taking that mathematic side of my brain and putting it into practice in my business. And I started to fall in love with that side, you know, the business side 
of running a business. And I started teaching other moms, other women, how to do the same thing, how to get to where they could leave their careers behind, or they could make enough income to support their families and feel like they were contributing to their income. And I was finally at a place where I was like, you know what? I am doing what I love, photography, but also getting to do this other thing I'm really passionate about, which is teaching. And so I'm combining the two. So now I still do my photography. I have my photography business still, but I also do business coaching. Um, I have a podcast as well where I teach business marketing strategies. And um, yeah, so it's kind of the best of both worlds. I found this perfect middle ground where I get to do all the things I really love. That's crazy. You, we, we are like, seriously, so similar, like our stories, <laughs> everything. I mean, I actually started in elementary education in the, at the university, but I actually never became a teacher. I started my business before then, but I thought that was crazy. I'm like, oh my gosh, even that's kind of similar. Yeah. Um, but I love that because you kind of go through a fa- the phases that a lot of women go through. Like they, they have something that's for them and then life changes as they have kids and then we morph and we grow. And then it doesn't have to look like what we started. We can just keep changing and progressing along the way. And you don't have to give up everything to do the next thing too. I think there's like so many different things in your story that a lot of women can resonate of, you know, you can still do photography and you can still coach. And that's kind of where I'm at too. Like, I think everyone thinks you have to be all in or, or do one thing and niche down, but you can see that you can have a successful business and it can look like whatever you want it to look like. So thanks for sharing your story. That's great. Um, I'm excited to talk to you a little bit more about marketing. I love marketing. It's my favorite thing to talk about. Um, I love the business side of the business as well. Um, and I think that's what's been so fun in like kind of switching businesses here and there is just kind of figuring out each new market. So one thing I talked about last week, like I shared is that every business, small business needs an, uh, funnel or an email list. Like they have to have some sort of way of capturing emails and using that to kind of funnel people through their processes and stuff. And so that's why I'm super excited to chat with this chat about this with you today, because, um, you're all about building relationships with email marketing, right? Like that's kind of your jam. So first of all, tell us why you feel like it's important to have an email list. So it's one of those things where like people will ask you the question, if you could go back and change something in your business, what would it be? For me, one of the number, like the top three things is probably start an email list sooner because I didn't see the value in it for so long. I was kind of like, why? Like, what's the point? Like, I don't want to send out spammy emails. I don't like, I don't know what to say. Like I had all the excuses that everybody probably has that it's listening to this thinking like, okay, I need to know why. And it wasn't until I was working with a, a mentor and she kind of walked me through why email marketing is so important. So one of the main things is, <coughs> sorry, is that it is still, like I know people are gonna probably roll their eyes this, but it's still one of the most effective marketing strategies in business. And I think it gets overshadowed because it's not as shiny and as pretty as like social media. It's not as flashy, you know, it's, it's not something people can go and see how many subscribers you have to your email list. Like they can see how many followers you have on Instagram, but the potential to build a relationships, to make sales, to turn client or, you know, um, emails into customers is way more powerful because the analogy I like to give is think about like social media as, as if you're walking into Times Square 
on like a Saturday afternoon and you just start shouting out about whatever your offer is. You're just yelling at people passing by on the street. You know, you become one of those people who's like holding up the cardboard sign, trying to get people's attention. And maybe some people stop. Maybe some people will say hi. Maybe some people will like wave and be like, hey, thumbs up. Good job. You're doing it. But you still just kind of feel like you're yelling to the masses, hoping someone listens. With email marketing, it's more like walking into Times Square and going to person to person and having an actual conversation with each person, sharing what you do, sharing your story, sharing valuable insights, sharing you know tips. And you're going to be more likely to convert those strangers into loyal followers because you now have a personal connection. And because you're walking up to them one on one, you're getting into their inbox. You know, I read some statistic the other day that was like the average person spends around three hours a day inside their inbox. And that's not even counting people who are like business owners like us. You know, I mean, I have mine open Mm -hmm. almost all day on my computer, but like the average person spends around three hours a day in their inbox. And so if you can be one of the people that's in their inbox, you're not having to worry about an algorithm. You're not having to worry about like fighting for space. You are getting to physically put your content directly in front of each person who signs up for your email list. So that to me is the power, is the first piece of it. The second piece is the ability to form connections. So with email, again, you think about social media, you know, video is really strong right now, but again, everything is short form. So you're talking about like a seven to 10 second video or a carousel post or a static image post or stories or whatever, but people aren't reading full captions as much. They want quick, you're Mm -hmm. to the point. Whereas in your emails, you can go into more detail. You can go into stories. You can talk about, you know, give valuable insights and give valuable information that people are going to actually read through as opposed to like a social media caption. So you're able to more, deeply nurture those relationships and people are more likely to hit reply on an email than they probably are to hit like DM on this on Instagram. So the connection is so much stronger there and it's so much easier to grab people's attention than it is just by using social media. I love that. And on, honestly, it's such a less exhausting way to market because yeah, you're like that analogy is perfect. You're just fighting for all this attention all of the time. And in the last year, I just pulled it up. The last year I switched over all of our um, like photography off of my main page because I wanted it to kind of just focus on coaching. Um, And so I started a page from scratch last year for our family photography. It has 500 followers on it, but like we're getting like mm, 14 likes on a post, 17 likes on a post, whatever. Last year, I did not do any social media marketing to fill up our spring and fall sessions. I just, um, sent out email blasts and we filled up like 15 sessions a week from just email marketing. And that was way less work than going on and trying to convince people to come over and, and, um, you know, book a session. Like they were on the list because they wanted to know when our dates are, they wanted to know when our openings were. And then I didn't like, I didn't even have to ever post them on social media because they filled up before we even did. So yeah, it's yeah. just, it's just, it's way less exhausting guys. It's like, it's so powerful and so amazing. So for someone who does not have an email list at all, where do they start? Okay. So this is a great question. So I would say the first thing you need to do is come up is find an email 
um, email marketing provider. So a lot of people had the idea, they're like, well, I have Gmail. That's not an email marketing provider for a couple of reasons. One, it doesn't really comply with the, the laws of around email marketing. You have to have the ability for people to opt in to your email list for them to say like, yes, I want to be on this list. And they have to have the ability to unsubscribe. So you can't do that within your Gmail account. Plus, if you think about like, do you really want to copy and paste all of those emails? You know, it's, it's too much. It's not, it's not sustainable over time. (laughs) So start with an email provider. There's a lot of options out there. Um, I see a lot of people, the first thing they find because they are huge and they show up first in a Google search is MailChimp. Mm -hmm. Um, That's who I started with way back when. Um, They are totally fine. They are not my first choice for an email marketing provider for a couple of reasons, mostly because they... um, they're just, I, I find it a little bit clunky. It's not easy to use necessarily. Um, what you'll find with a lot of email marketing providers as well is that they will start off, they'll say, well, you ha- you are, it's free up to 500 emails, which sounds great. But then once you hit that 501 mark mm-hmm. and then you hit the 700 mark and then you hit the thousand mark, your price continues to increase. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of this catch 22 of like, well, I wanna grow my list and I want to get as many people as possible, but I don't want to pay a hundred dollars mm-hmm. a month when I hit that thousand dollar, I mean, thousand member mark. So, um, I've done that with MailChimp, ConvertKit, Active mm-hmm. Campaign. They all do that. So I switched over to Flowdesk, which is by far my favorite marketing platform so far for email marketing. It's one price, no matter how many subscribers you have. Now, the downside to Flowdesk, it does not have all the bells and whistles that like a MailChimp or a ConvertKit is going to have but it is easy to use it is pretty so if you're someone like me who likes the aesthetics of, an, of a good email marketing platform then that this is a good one to use it is widely used by a lot of big name people so it has credibility um i would say look at the different ones i mean obviously i'm recommending flowdesk um but think about like what is it that you want your email list to do are you literally just going to collect emails and send out you know, emails from time to time? Do you want to have the ability to like segment your list into different groups? Do you want to have the ability to like, I don't know, do split testing where like you send out an email with one subject line, another one with another subject line, see which one does better. Like if you're looking for just basic, then you're going to want something like, um, you know, Flowdesk or maybe a MailChimp. If you want something with all the bells and whistles, then you're going to need something more like an active campaign or a convert kit. But Um, start off with an email marketing platform. That's number one. Number two is you need to find a way to get people onto your email list. And so the easiest way to do that is the lead magnet. And if I'm jumping ahead, let me know. Um, okay. So a lead magnet, we've all seen these, we've all like fallen victim to these. It's when you go on like gap.com and the box pops up that says save 10% on your next purchase. And you have to put in your email address. That's a lead magnet. That is what they they are giving you something in exchange for you giving them your email address. Now, not all lead magnets are created equal because if you're like me, I have multiple email addresses. So I have my like one email that I give out if it's like, okay, I don't really want your spam emails later on, but I want this thing you're giving me right now. So I'm gonna put in kind of like my fake email account. Mm -hmm. 
And then I have my actual email account that's on my phone that I check on a regular basis. And if it's someone that I'm like, okay, this is someone I really would like to hear from more, like they have really great things to say or they're what they're offering me is really amazing. I'm gonna give you my actual email address. So the goal is not just to capture emails with some big flashy thing and then not deliver. You wanna offer something that people are gonna be really excited to give you their actual real email address. So the best way to come up with a lead magnet is to think about like, what are the things that your audience struggles with the most? So I'll use photography as an example. So if you're doing, let's say for example, you do family photography, like you said you do. Mm -hmm. So your clients probably have fears around, are my kids gonna behave? What, what should we wear? Um, you know, how do I get my husband excited about this? Um, am I really gonna love my pictures? Am I gonna like the way I look in my pictures as the mom? Um, how much time is it? like, think about those kinds of things. What are the questions people have asked you? What are the concerns that they have? And then create a lead magnet that is going to either take away one of those fears or pain points, or is going to help them uh, with a win of some kind. So you could create like a what to wear guide, but it's clickable so they can go shop for clothes right there in the guide. You could create like a little video series of like, here are four different ways that I ensure you're going to love your images, no matter how crazy your kids get during the photo shoot. And you can do like some behind the scenes videos that show like, you know, okay, this is what the real moment was the kids going crazy, but look how cute the photo turned out like those kinds of things. So think about, you know, what is it your audience needs and then what's going to help them feel good. Now it doesn't always have to be related to your directly to your, your business. So for example, I, I did wedding photography for a while, <clears throat> a very short while, um, but I was like, okay, brides, brides have needs. They want to, you know, they, this is all new to them. Usually they don't know how to plan a wedding. They don't understand budgeting. So one of the first things I did as a lead magnet was I created like a wedding budget spreadsheet. And it was, a, you know, you got to enter your own information. It did all the calculations for you. And I marketed that. It had nothing to do with my photography services, but because my branding was all over it and it was something that helped them, it led brides back to me because they were like, oh yeah, that's that photographer who helped us create our budget for our wedding. Let me go look and to see what she has to offer for photography services. So it doesn't always have to be something that is like directly related to your business. It just needs to be something that's going to help your audience feel better about either a pain point or have some kind of like small win in their business or in their, you know, in their lives. That is perfect. And I made me think back to when I shot weddings back in the day, the good old days. Um, uh, when I was mentoring people on this, the same topic, they would um, be so concerned because I did the same thing, you know, give something of value. It might not be directly related to you, but it will provide blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, what if they take it and then go to another photographer? And the thing that I noticed is there were some people that would take it, go to another photographer, but when they referred their friends, they always referred them to me, not to the photographer they went with, because even though I wasn't the one who ended up shooting their wedding, maybe it was a budget thing, a schedule thing, maybe they had a cousin or a friend. I gave them the most value throughout the process of planning their wedding, even though I wasn't their photographer. And it always comes back tenfold um, when you when you go into it with 
what are their pain points? How can I help them? Just like she said, she said, so I love, I love, I love what you said there, because, um, I think when we make that our focus, you know, you can't go wrong when you're, when you're helping your clients. Um, so, well, I think that like, that's a good thing to touch on too, is that you need to have the right expectations going into email marketing. One is that not everybody who comes onto your email list is going to be a client. They're not all going to buy from you. They're not all going to buy from you right away. It, it's a numbers game. You know, like, I think it's something like only maybe 10 or 15% actually become buyers. And so if you have a hundred people on your email list and 10 to 15 of those might be actual clients. So the, the more people you're getting on list is part of that funnel system. You know, you, the visual of the funnel, the email marketing is that top piece. It's the widest piece you're trying to collect as many people as possible and then funnel them down into the ones that are going to actually give you money. The second mind piece of this is that it's a long game. This is not something that is going to like yield instant results. If you're thinking like, okay, I'm going to put this lead magnet out there. It is going to, you know, 10 people are going to download it and all 10 are immediately going to book with me or hire me or purchase for me. That's not the reality. It's about getting people into your community. It's about fostering relationships in that community and then turning them into, you have to build the know, like, and trust. So if they're on your email list, they know you, you use your emails for them to get to like you and trust you, and then they'll become clients. Yes. I love that. And that's the same thing, um, probably that we both teach on, um, on social media as well. And on all of our marketing is like the know, like, and trust, and just like building that connection and building that community. It's the same thing. It's the same marketing principles. We're just applying um, to email marketing. I just was looking through my notes on, um, good, like open rates, click rates and like sell rates and a good open rate is 20%. So that's 20% of your people. So if you sent it to 10 people, if two people open it, that is a good open rate. And then a good click rate from those 20% is one to 5%. So it's crazy how, yeah, you may have only three people open your email. A lot of people think, oh, I'm failed. You know, I sent it to 10, three people open it. That's actually a really high open rate. So I love that you brought back up those expectations because I think a lot of people give up because they see that yeah. because it's so much different than what we're used to. Um, but that's a really successful open rate. So that leads me to the next question is how often do you use your list? Um, and like, what are you sending? Yes. Yeah, so <clears throat> I, this is one of those things where it's like how often you send as a personal preference. Um, I personally think once or once to twice a week is my max. Um, I send out weekly emails. I have my podcast comes out every Wednesday. And so every Wednesday I send out an email that includes at some point in the email, a link to that week's podcast episode. It also builds consistency and repetition. So my audience knows every Wednesday they're going to get an email from me. Now, if I'm in the middle of launching something or if I'm, you know, have like a big um, fall family sessions are opening up or I'm doing a holiday special, like then I'll send out probably two to three emails per week leading up to it because I want to make sure that I'm kind of hitting everybody and I'm getting all the that big push out there. But as far as content goes, here's the other thing. My weekly emails, I'm not selling anything. I'm not talking about my products. I'm not talking about my services. 
I am offering value, I'm building connections, and I am sharing valuable resources, aka my podcast or blog posts or things like that. Things that are free for them to consume. It's when I do an actual sales sequence that I actually sell something. So mm-hmm. I, I abide by the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time my content is value-based, value-driven. 20% of the time it's sales. So I look at my calendar for the year and I go, okay, <clears throat> I've got an online program I'm launching in March. So February is gonna be a big sales push. So for the month of February, I might send out two to three emails a week. But then the, you know, that until you know June when I do another big launch, I'm only doing one a week. So I would say at minimum, you only wanna do like a big sales thing once a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the time, your emails are gonna be things like sharing tips, sharing resources, telling stories, asking questions. I love to ask questions in my emails so that people respond back. And you'd be surprised how many people actually respond back. Um, you know, it, this is again, it's the, I want my audience <clears throat> to feel like when they see an email from me in their inbox, that it's a friend reaching out to them to have a conversation. And so I keep it very light. I keep it very short and to the point. I don't write these huge long, you know, paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. Um, I make it very visually appealing when it comes to like bullet points and lists and bold, bolded text and things like that. Um, and it's, that is what builds trust because if you're just sending out emails once every couple of months saying, Hey, I'm running a special, I guarantee your open rate's going to eventually go down to like 1% because people are like, I don't want to open. If that's all you're doing for me, I don't have any interest in you. It's kind of like if you have a friend that you go to lunch with once a month and every time that friend comes to lunch, they spend the entire hour talking about themselves and how great they are and all the wonderful things going on with them. You're eventually going to stop coming to those lunch dates. But if you show up to lunch every week with your friend, and you're having conversation back and forth and you're sharing ideas and you're laughing and you're, you know, supporting each other, then you're excited and you look forward to that lunch each week. And that's what your emails should be. I love that analogy. That's, that's perfect. And yeah, no one wants to be sold to all the time. Um, it makes some uncomfortable. It makes them feel like, uh, like, I don't, I don't know when I get sold to I'm like, I don't want to like turn them down. I feel uncomfortable having to say no or to like to not buy or to whatever. And so, yeah, I would rather avoid. It's like when a door to door salesman comes, I'd rather not answer the door than tell them no. So I'm going to stop opening those emails. I'm going to stop. I'm going to unsubscribe from the emails to just kind of remove that discomfort. Um, but when you build up that rapport and that value and that whatever, then people are like, Oh, I want what I want what she does. Like I want what she has. And so then when you do those sales funnels, it doesn't feel like a sales funnel because you've built up that no, I can trust. They, they know you as a friend. They know what you offer them has value because you give them free value every single week. And I'm on a very similar schedule to you with the podcast email each week. Um, and then my like quarterly launches, if that lately it's been sporadic, maybe twice a year. Um, but, um, I mean, I should be doing quarterly, but you know, life happens and life has been crazy these last two years. Um, so what about, um, what is your system actually for, um, doing this? Do you do it like once a week? Do you do it once a month for the whole month? Like, how do you do it? So you're not always having to like, oh shoot, did I send my email today? Or, you know, that kind of thing. 
So I think it helps again, like having a consistent schedule. So I know every Wednesday, um, you know, my emails are going to go out. So it's not like I'm just, I just kind of haphazardly say like, oh, I'm going to send one a week because then it ends up being like, okay, well, it's Monday. So I'm going to send the email. And then next week you forget and it, it's Wednesday and you're like, oh crap, I didn't send my email. So you send it on a Wednesday. And then the following week you're like, oh crap, it's Friday. And then you skip a week. So we don't want that. So having it on your calendar and writing down like every Wednesday email goes out. Um, some people, it, again, it's kind of personal preference. Some people like to do it in the moment because it feels a little more authentic. Mm-hmm. They don't want it to be pre-scheduled, you know, because what if something's happened, you know, between the time you wrote it and the time it goes out. Totally. So, you know, I get that it just kind of depends. What I do is I will go in at the beginning of each month and I write out my four or five, depending on how many weeks are in that month, um, emails. And I will, I have kind of a template set up where I have like, the email starts off with, you know, a greeting and like a little um, message, whether it's a resource or a conversation piece or a story or whatever. And then um, I have like a call to action. So it's like asking a question, hit reply, blah, blah, blah. And then I have like a block below where it's that week's podcast information um, and a link to the podcast. So what I will do is I know my podcast schedule. So I go in and I I add all those in. I do kind of a rough draft Mm -hmm. of each email, knowing that before it actually goes out, like on Monday, it's on my calendar. Every Monday I go through and check that week's email and just make sure that it's still relevant, that it still is fitting with what I want to say usually it's it's good and i can just hit schedule and be done um sometimes you know things will come up and i'll be like you know this thing happened on in my life or in business or on social media like the time that instagram and facebook went down for a whole day i changed my entire email for that week because i wanted to like showcase the importance of why this is you have this is why you have an email address mm-hmm. um i mean an email account marketing i'm sorry my brain's <laughs> fumbled there that's why you have an email marketing account um an email list because uh, you know the whatever that was that i already had scheduled for that week i just felt like it needed to be altered so i like to plan ahead um it keeps me on track that way if something comes up and i i'm busy one week or i'm sick one week or my kids are home and it's crazy I don't have to stress about it, but I give myself the flexibility to go in and make adjustments as needed. Um, I think it helps too to have kind of a basic idea of like what you're going to talk about each month. So like maybe for January, you know, you want to talk about creating habits and creating routines and schedules or whatever, you know, fits with your brand. But maybe even having like a topic per month so you know that all of your emails that month are going to center around this you know kind of specific topic or this idea or this problem i know my audience is having and so you can kind of even do for the whole year and be like okay i need 12 topics 12 doesn't seem that overwhelming <clears throat> i can do 12 topics and then you can go in and break those down even further and say okay let's talk about healthy habits so january's healthy habits here's four things i can talk about with healthy habits boom, your emails are kind of already done for you. So don't make it this big overwhelming thing. It's really not. It's very, um, if you kind of break it down into smaller chunks, it makes it seem way less overwhelming and much more doable. I love that breakdown because it definitely, I think is daunting for some people. Like, how am I going to come up with 52 topics to send out? I don't have a podcast. I don't have um, anything I'm talking about right now, but when you break it down by topic, yeah, 12 topics, you can do that. And um, you can like easily, 
easily hit um, your target market, like 12 things that your target market could have questions about problems about. Um, if we go back to that family photo example, if you broke that down, okay, like um, choosing a location could be one month, choosing outfits could be one month, um, how to help your like tips for your kids. Like it's so easy to come up with 12 pain points that they have and then having you know, four different solutions for those pain points each month. So yeah. I love how you broke well, that down. And also you think about too, like <clears throat> using the example of family photography, most likely you're shooting families local to your area, right? Mm -hmm. So your emails don't have to just be about your photography business. So if you know, okay, it's the start of, you know, in June, kids are out of school, parents are probably figuring out like, what are we gonna do with these kids, entertain them for the next three months. So maybe you create an email that is for the whole month of June, you're sharing four fun ideas of things to keep your kids entertained all summer. So now not that. only are you the go-to photographer, but now you're the go-to person for like parenting and ideas. And hey, here's some fun local events that, that are happening in our community over the summer. Like there's one, there's a lady here in my area that she, that's exactly what she does. She, I don't, I'm trying to think what her business is now, I forget, but every may she sends out an email like like with a whole list of like community events and there's one that's like this peach festival where you can go get homemade peach ice cream and like every year i forget about it until her email comes out i'm like oh yeah i've been wanting to go do that so even think about like think outside of your own like niche and think broader like think about who your client is as a whole person if they're a parent like maybe quick dinner ideas um you know, if they are someone who um, is trying to balance like business life and parent life, or they're trying to figure out like, what's my next step in my career, like giving them tips for other things outside of what you do is just going to like completely sell, like cement the fact that you are the person they want to go to for all things, all things. Yes. I love that. That's so important to bring up. Um, it's similar to you. Um, you know, how we blog and how we do social media, if we are always just talking about us and what we can offer, then we're not, we're missing a whole layer of connection and a whole layer of value. And so I love, I love that thinking of them as a whole person. That's a beautiful way to think of and an easy, a simple way to think of it too. Yeah. Because I think we get kind of blocked in like, what can I send? What can I send? What can I send? But if we're like, okay, think of a specific client, even if that helps what would they love throughout the year? Like, what's my dream client? What, what would she love to get emails about? And I've um, been on some of those email lists where they send out, you know, the different, um, you know, splash pads are in our area and whatever in our area, like, and that's so helpful as a, as a mom that's busy, that forgets to have those resources. So I love that. Um, I think we can all help ourselves along the way as we're creating these resources for our clients. Um, so this has been a great episode. I feel like there's a lot to think about, a lot to work on, um, a lot to set up, and I'm really excited for everyone. How can people find you if they have more questions or if they want to hear your podcast? Yeah, so you can find me at girlmeansbusiness.com. That's kind of my home base. So it's got all the info for my podcast, which is called Girl Means Business as well. Um, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all the places. Um, you can find me over on Instagram at Girl Means Business. I do have a well, two resources, if you don't mind me sharing, that yeah. can help with email marketing. So I have a, a free email marketing starter kit that kind of walks through all the things we talked about today. Um, so it'll go through and kind of help guide you through like finding your, market, your email platform, 
how to create a lead magnet. It gives you a free actual lead magnet template you can use inside of Canva. Um, and then what to do to start sending out your emails. And then, so you can find that if you just go to um, girlmeansbusiness.com slash email kit. And then the second resource I have is I've actually created a program for people who are kind of stuck in that, like, what do I say in my emails? And it's called Inbox Insider. And you can find it at girlmeansbusiness.com slash inbox. And it is an entire year of email templates for you to use in your email marketing. So it is 52 email templates along with lead magnet ideas, subject line ideas. Um, it, it has a whole bonus section on how to use a quiz to, to as a lead magnet, how to build out a quiz. It's really cool. But it gives you one email a week you get them all at once so it's not like i'm sending them to you weekly but so you can schedule ahead of time but it's 52 kind of done for you email templates that you just fill in your information and kind of personalize it yourself and then it's ready to go so you can that's go awesome. grab that as well that's awesome i just wrote those down so that we can add those to the show notes so that everyone can get easy access to um downloading those so that's awesome yeah i'm all about uh just making it easy like we could sit and write 52 emails but if there's a template, guys, that saves hours and hours and time. I've done this for captions. Like I'm really good at writing captions, but sometimes just having a database where you can just pull and edit, it just, it just helps streamline and just, oh, it's amazing. So this is awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on here and all the yeah. value you've provided. It's been so fun. Thank you. Thank you for being here on the Kylie Mentors Moms podcast. If you have a friend that needs to hear this message, please share. Hang out with us daily at Kylie and Studios on Instagram and use the hashtag KylieMentorsMoms.